Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. In this episode of Make Your Marketing, I interview Carl Ponto, who is the owner of Squash and Stretch Production, which is an animation studio in outside of San Francisco. And it's such a great episode. He had so many golden nuggets of why you should consider animation, explainer videos to tell your story for your business. There's different ways to create emotion and to save time through explainer videos. You kind of just distill your idea into these shorts and it goes much farther than just the the cheap explainer videos that we're used to seeing in the market. So you're going to want to take your notes, uh, notepad, and uh, maybe even listen a couple of times, but he, he had some great takeaways. He and his team what they do is they create animations, custom animations, basically to explain very complex concepts. And we're going to talk about uh, some of the things that he's helped businesses explain. And he has a quite a, a an origin story for why he got into animation. So I hope you give it a listen. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to Make Your Marketing Podcast. I'm Pia Larson, your host. And today I have Carl Pontau. Is that right, Carl? Ponto. Ponto. Darn it. I thought I was going to get it right out of the gate. Ponto. He's the owner of Squash and Stretch Productions. And we're going to talk about that name because that's intriguing to me. Um, <laughs> and he and his team create stories using custom animated content. So this is going to be a fun one. We're going to kind of pick his brain. And then he actually did an assessment on fingerprint marketing, my agency outside Seattle. And I'm curious to see how I scored. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, awesome. So I always like to get a little background for people who don't know you. I'm really curious what inspired you to start getting into animation. Was it at a younger age or was it something like you just kind of took up recently? Or well, you, We might not be surprised to hear that I have a story about why I started my company, which will inform the how and the what that we do. So Yes, please well, share. Fun. Yes, awesome. please so, share. I love stories. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I, I've been an artist my entire life. I grew up drawing, painting, sculpting, big Legos kid. And I got my passion for storytelling from my dad. He's a really good storyteller. And I knew I wanted to study animation when I saw the first Toy Story film. I was like, ooh, that, I gotta do that. That's so cool. Oh, fun. And then beginning of 2002, I started to feel like something wasn't quite right with me physically. I'd been a competitive swimmer my whole life, so I knew what I was supposed to feel like. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, oh, my shoulder kind of hurts. It's like a general blah feeling. Mm. But by August, they still hadn't figured out what was wrong with me. And I had lost 50 pounds and had sunken cheeks and eyes. I was really pale, started to get really bad headaches. So my parents took me for an MRI uh, at a hospital a little ways north where we live. 
And we were waiting around for another appointment when my pediatrician called and said he was going to drive up from another hospital to come talk with us. Uh-oh. And we saw him walking up with this big envelope in his hands. He could tell he'd been crying. And he brought us into a little side meeting room. And I remember I was sitting knee to knee with him in this big U-shaped chair with really high armrests, kind of leaning forward towards him. And he pulled out the results of the MRI and showed me I had two brain tumors. Oh, my gosh. And it felt like I got punched in the chest, actually moved backwards in my chair. And for the next two weeks, everything sounded like the adults from Peanuts. Just going to walk out because <laughs> never had the flu, never broken any major bones, never been stung by a bee. I'm pretty sure I've never been bitten by a mosquito. So to get brain tumor diagnosis at 15 years old was just a complete sucker punch out of nowhere. But I got so much help from friends and family and like my high school adjusted my schedule and got me a tutor so I could still graduate on time. And people I barely knew were giving food and gifts and other supports that really inspired me to want to give back and help as many people as I could because I'd probably be dead if it wasn't for all the help that I got. And then in undergraduate school, as I was studying animation, there was a big student digital art and design competition I participated in. It was a big sc- screening at the end of like a thousand people in this big auditorium. I knew maybe 10 people in the room. But when everyone laughed at the joke in my animation, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. I can connect with people and have a big impact with animation and storytelling. So after grad school, I started my company and we tell exceptional stories for exceptional people helping tech, biotech, and health and wellness companies explain complex concepts, answer common questions, increase revenue, and strengthen their brand presence online. A lot of people think they can explain something just by throwing information at their audience when really the key Mm. is to use that story that puts the information in context and structure. And so by helping people that are working on big problems facing the world like reversing climate change and and renewable energy and battling cancer and preventing Alzheimer's, those big problems, if we can help them accelerate that by helping them tell better stories, then more people in the community get their lives improved, our client's business does better, we get a happy client, everyone wins, it's a way for me to have a bigger positive impact on the world around me and that's why I do what I do. That's an amazing story. Thanks for sharing. I love that. Uh, my uh, my two sons are very artistic as well. So it's very inspiring that not only were you able to tap into your artistic creative side, but you turned things around. I mean, you you created this amazing business that you're you're talking about big stories that have to be told. Like these are some big stories that you're helping your clients tell. And it's amazing. I am curious though, I read a little bit about the the name Squash and Stretch, but it's fascinating. Can you kind of expand on why you named it <laughs> that? <laughs> so uh it's an homage to Disney actually. Uh, so when he was putting together the company that's now Walt Disney Studios, which is actually his second business, his first studio failed, which is a testament to not giving up if I ever heard one. But uh, there wasn't really a best practices for animation that had been established back then. So if you look at the content from that time, it's pretty bad by today's standards. Mm. So we sat down with his animation team and they came up with 12 animation principles that if their work was going to be considered good and completed done, they have these 12 aspects to it. And the first on that list is squash and stretch. So if you take any animation 101 class today, the first thing you learn day one is the same 12 principles. The tools have obviously changed a lot, but what makes animation work is still based on these same 12 principles. So it's, a, it's an homage to the, the animators who figured out what makes animation work. And then, so it's always fun to talk with other animators because when they see my business name, they go, ha ha. And everyone else goes, what? <laughs> well, that's great because you have a built-in story already, right? Yeah, it helps. Yeah. So who who is your inspiration? I'm curious. You mentioned Toy Story when you first saw that. Who else, uh, modern day animators or companies that you're inspired by? I mean, the animation, I think the one thing I love about it is, is it's a tool for storytelling. And because it's in the if, an animation without a great story is just kind of, it's kind of worthless or not really 
as effective. And so I, I, I'm really impressed by great storytellers. Mm-hmm. You happen to use animation. So pretty much all the, like at least the original Pixar films, like some of the sequels are, yeah, but all like the, they like, they're amazing how much they put into the story and yeah, like the levels of kind of references and stuff that, that they can do. And, and so I think the, the animators that really impress me the most are ones or like any sort of content is when it's really has a powerful story behind it, which is makes it just really immersive and engaging. And, and it's just, it's part of kind of the, the human experience to tell and, and, and consume stories. And so it's something that I think one of the kind of challenges for people to realize is that stories are not just for films or inter- entertainment. If you're in a business, whether it's B2B or B2C or even like B2G, you're really in an H to H business, which is human to human because you're mm-hmm. trying to influence people's behavior. And, uh, because we, our brains are wired to tell stories and we make decisions based on emotion. Um, as much as we'd like to think of ourselves as thinking beings that feel, we're very much feeling beings that occasionally think. Yeah. And so when it comes to trying to, if you're trying to get people to buy your product or invest in your business, then you have to tell stories and really touch on that emotional element. And that's a lot of things that people, kind of missing out on in today's world because everything's people are focused so much on big data and using a bunch of numbers and stuff when really it's just it can be helpful but it's not really what influences decision making as much as a good story so i love animations and content that uh, tell a good story and make things that are complicated easy to understand mm-hmm. um and so that's the sort of you know the inspiration or, or references we look for when we're when I, as i'm kind of building my business and the sort of impact i want to have yeah. Uh, can you share an example of a really complicated idea that you perhaps helped script uh, and, and it was just perfect? Like it was just the aha moment after the animation was done. We did one earlier this year for a company called Inovix. They're a, um, they were a startup making next generation lithium ion battery technology. And they were spending about 45 minutes of every hour-long sales meeting trying to explain how their batteries can produce about twice as much energy and last about 30% longer mm-hmm. and use pretty much the same production process as existing batteries with, with just a few drop-in tweaks. Like, they sent us a script, and it was, like, they had a ton of, like, jargon, but it was, but it was kind of it was aimed at other battery engineers, so we had to keep some of the jargon, but they had, like, the main point was really buried, like, halfway down the story, so we... Hmm help them optimize the story to make it uh, people really want to watch the entire thing. And we created this two minute animation to really concisely explain what they were trying to explain. And they added it to the homepage of the website. And like a couple weeks later, they announced they uh, they're acquiring a publicly traded company and the valuation after the merger is like 1.13 billion. Uh, yeah. I'd say and you were that, successful. And then they just recently uh, last month got a, a uh, contract with the U.S. Army to produce all the or create all batteries for all the wear, wearable tech that the soldiers wear for like three hundred fifty million dollars. So they're wow, uh, yeah. So helping them explain that sort of stuff really concisely and show people how it's going to impact everyday life and not just the the technical side of things is really helpful. And another one was we we got hired by this. Uh, there's a nonprofit called Firefighter um, Air Coalition that makes these. And advocates for these, uh, you know, there's like water stand pipes in high rise buildings. Those firefighters mm-hmm. get water. So mm-hmm. some equipment for air, where allows firefighters to recharge their air tanks on every third floor. And the San Jose City Council in, in California was being pressured by de- some developers to not require that system in their uh, new buildings anymore. And so uh, we were brought on by the Firefighter Air Coalition to create a little animation that explained how uh, the alternatives that were being suggested by the developers were not nearly as 
so good of a solution as using these air standpipe systems. Mm-hmm. And uh, the actually the council ruled in our client's favor. So if we're able to convince uh, city wow. council to do the right thing, then pretty much convince anyone, right? Yeah. So I have so many takeaways from the two stories you just you just shared. So one of them is that you can definitely save time, um, you know, explaining things in sales meetings and on your website. It's it just gets it distills everything down to exactly what you want your audience or your prospects to to get. And then the other thing is to persuade your last story. I I love that idea, especially for businesses in highly competitive markets. You Mm -hmm. know, how, you know, what makes you all that in a bag of fries? Well, if you can tell me in a two minute animation story, then you've already won the race. So I love that. So when I think of animation, I kind of, for business, I think of explainer videos. Is that right or is there are there more is it more more complex than that that's a great umbrella term for a whole kind of subcategory of animation that for business which is you're trying to explain a concept and unfortunately a lot of people think of them as like really cheap kind of whiteboard looking in mm-hmm. animations, which really isn't effective because they all look the same yeah and people can't distinguish yours from uh, thousands of other ones and given how much content is uploaded to YouTube every minute, which I believe the last I heard was a 700 hours per minute is what's wow. uploaded to YouTube. Oh, that's so crazy. you really need to have something that stands out and is custom for like uh, your company and really appeals to your, your target audience and has a great story behind it. And so a lot of the cheaper options that people think will work really don't get them the, re- the results they want. So they're basically wasting money. So it takes a little bit more of an investment to get a good animation that's actually going to, give you that good ROI, but in the long run, it's absolutely worth it because the the payoffs, like for attracting new clients and save time and this clarity of the message is absolutely worth it when for help people achieve their goals. And so, and explainer animations can be a lot of things. It could be explaining kind of the product or service, the client experience, telling your own company's story to kind of to build trust and build the brand. Mm-hmm. It could be explaining something internally to investors or to employees there's all sorts of uses for it that can help people achieve a variety of goals so it's and sometimes it's you're not really explaining as much as sharing the the client experience helping people understand uh what the value of your services are and one of the mistakes i see a lot of people make with animations and also with just their general messaging on their websites is Mm -hmm. talk too much about features and benefits and or like they talk about things they care about that they find impressive they don't talk enough about the results the client gets and talk about things from the client's perspective. And so there's a missed opportunity to really attract more of their ideal clients by showing people what they're going to experience when they're, by working with them. There's a weird thing, or not really weird, but it's a funny thing our brains do that we expect what we perceive and we experience what we expect. So if you set, increase the perceived value of your business and your services, People have higher expectations and that'll lead to a better experience with you because you set the bar high. Even if you don't change necessarily what you do, having a higher expectation will lead to a better experience. And there's a great study that proves this was was in a restaurant. They didn't change the food at all over the course of the day, but they would change the weight of the silverware they gave people. And people had the heavier silverware Uh, and thought the food tasted better. Wow. 
I hope I hope our listeners are taking notes because that piece right there is a golden nugget. I love that. I asked Carl to look at at my at our website, our agency website, fingerprintmarketing.com, and do an analysis of uh, what is it kind of like where the opportunities are to use storytelling and animation, right? Uh, yeah, so it's it's basically helping you figure out where you have room for improvement. And yeah. so I, I basically, I use, there's a five kind of criteria we use to uh, critique people's websites and their messaging. The first one is emotion. Mm-hmm. How much emotion, la- emotional language is used on the website? How do pe- how much people, I can tell how they're going to feel. You understand how they feel before, during, and after working with you. Again, because we make decisions based on emotion, it's, you really need to have that there. The second one is a category I call we versus you, which is how much the copy starts with the words we, us, our, or your business name compared to how much it t- starts with you, your, or based on how much you're talking about your clients. Mm-hmm. The third one is results. How much do you explain or, and focus on the results your clients get? And it's not just the results they get from working with you, but what are the what does working with you allow them to do that they couldn't do before? Mm-hmm. Because like for an animation, people aren't buying an animation because it's an animation. They're buying it because or they're investing in it because it allows them to tell a story better. And the story allows them to attract more ideal clients, which allows them to increase revenue and increase profits. So really they're investing in more revenue and more profits, but most companies stop at the, what they do, which is like just an animation, which is not nearly as compelling or interesting to the clients as, Hey, we're going to help you increase your revenue and profits by, it happens to be making animation, but that's what they care about is the, is the results. The fourth one is client experience. There's a great book uh, called um, The Experience Economy that I highly recommend uh, people check out and and read. It basically talks about how as uh, the kind of time goes on, more and more products and even services are getting commoditized and people want to invest, spend more money on experiences than ever before. Absolutely. And so the more you can, and so the, I think there's a stat I heard from, Blanking on where the source is, but it's a few years ago, it was only like 33% of companies competed on client experience, and now it's up to 66%. So the main differentiator between them and their competition is the client experience they provide. And so if you're trying to avoid your business being commoditized and your service being commoditized, the more you can make an experience around uh, what your clients, uh, how they interact with you, how you uh, message them, all sorts of things you can do depending on what your business does to making an experience and charge for the experience, not just the service or the product, mm-hmm. the more successful your business is going to be in the long run. So we kind of make sure people are communicating that client experience part in their messaging. And the final one is conflict, which is one that most people have a lot of, or a lot of companies have uh, trouble touching on. You don't want to go too much into it because you don't want to be kind of fear mongering or super negative, but you need to, people need to ex- understand what challenges you're helping them overcome what they're struggling with and kind of as part of showing you that they understand what they're feeling, how they're, what they're struggling with, what their situation is. Mm -hmm. You basically also have to explain kind of some, some of the risks, what are they risking by not working with you? Yeah. And so even though it seems like you're kind of fear mongering or negative, it's a, it's an essential part of uh, getting people to work with you and and agree to your offers because there's a, our brains again are, 
we put a lot more weight on loss than gain, which is why if you go to like Vegas, is usually you, have, you stand to win three times what you bet because if it was one to one, you'd never make that bet because in your brain, losing a hundred dollars is a lot worth a lot more to you than winning a hundred dollars. Mm. So That's what I've heard about, that. You want to talk a little bit about the conflict? What are people struggling with? What do you solve for people? And what do they risk? They don't work with you. And then, then go on to the rest of the other, like the more positive toned stuff. But just you need to touch on a little bit so people realize that a little bit will go a long way. It's not like you don't want to oversalt your meal, but a little bit of salt makes it taste really good. So you're going to salt your story with a little bit of conflict and uh, the risks of not working with you and that it can go a long way. So for your website, hopefully no one's surprised that you scored really, really well. So oh, thank God. <laughs> on the, so each one of these I grade from zero to five. And so the total score is, is out of 25. So on the emotional uh, aspect of it, you got a four out of five. Um, I love the the conversational tone throughout the site and it really shows your character uh, just through the business and kind of gives us people a sense of uh, how they're going to they feel when they're working with you. And it's, it's not going to be super like rigid and by the book sort of stuff. You have a sense of humor and I love all the little like things in, in parentheses and kind of asides throughout your, <laughs> the copy. But like one thing you could include is, you know, how, so how do people usually feel when they first meet you, when they come, they come to you and they're, and they're worried about the, the, the website or their marketing? How do they usually feel when they're, when they're talking with you for the first time? Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed? Mm-hmm. Overwhelmed do they, and don't know where to start. Yeah. And so how do they feel while they're working with you? relaxed and just kind of a big sigh. And finally, I found a trusted advisor and guide and basically here, take everything off my plate. <laughs> that literally, that's feel- what, these are some of the words that we, we yeah. have been given. Yeah. And how do they feel after they work with you? Proud, proud and inspired to grow. That's awesome. Yeah. So having some more, a little bit of language about that, uh, on your website and so basically saying, you understand that you guys are overwhelmed and uh, feeling stressed and all that sort of stuff, just to get people that will connect with those, that feeling and then explaining how they're going to feel like, as you're talking about the services, there's a little, little blurb in there about here's how you're going to feel. It could go a long way to um, attracting more people. And then the next one, uh, we versus you, you got a 4.5. You had a, it's, you have the conversational tone, so it makes sense for you to kind of a little bit sum for your perspective because it's it's a lot more like kind of a, a chat in a coffee shop rather than a formal pitch presentation sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But there's still probably a couple places where you could retweak the the copy so it starts with you or your and just and makes it really put the focus on on the clients and not necessarily on on you. But for most for the most part, it was it was really good. You're much better than most most companies are, are like we us our our business and they just talk about themselves and it's um so it's, it's cool to see, and even some other marketing companies do it so I'm really it's really cool to see that you have uh, a lot about the what the, the clients are going to get and thinking about it from their perspective which is really great. I'm glad um, to hear that, Carl, because I was a little nervous because this is the first I'm hearing about uh, your your results in the uh, audit. So to the audience, I'm I'm over here sweating. I'm like, I hope my marketing <laughs> company is doing this correctly. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I, you're a lot of I've seen a lot of marketing company uh, websites and and they kind of it's like like cobbler has bad shoes sort of thing where it's yeah yeah I'm like oh my gosh you guys are. Uh, <laughs> Um, so for results, talking about the results, you got a 4.5 on that one. Uh, I think 
there's a, I mean, mainly it's because of the, the you have so many testimonials where people talk about at the end mm-hmm. how it impacted their business. So if you, to make that a five, I think you have a couple of spots I saw where you talk about how much like the rankings improve on SEO and how much there uh, is a lot of jargon and kind of the the visitors and site traffic and stuff that I can tell you care about and your team looks at. Yeah, but if you're going to replace those that bullet point with those bulleted lists when you're talking about like a case study and say they had like two times the revenue like over the next like quarter or like talk about the you can take it one step further. What did those increase in those stats do for the client's business? Okay, to attracting more of their ideal clients that like have their their uh, their sales uh, process like the time was halved or it, they uh, doubled their like profit margin over the next, like let's talk about the actual results of the business. Like, well, people go, Oh my gosh, I want that more than, Ooh, I want like 4,000 more views mm-hmm. on my website. I think taking it to the show that results will be how easy to get a five there. So you're really close on that one. Um, client experience, you got a 3.75. Um, I mean, most people don't think about it. So just, I think explaining more again, like how walk people through, the, the entire uh, kind of story of working with you. So you're going to tell them all the steps involved mm. with like, if there's like a, like they're kind of, I'm sure you do like some research and going to gather information about their business and what their goals are, like the discovery phase, mm-hmm. and there's like a planning phase. And then there's some reviews of the planning and implementing and whatever. And I'm sure you, because of you do so many things kind of a separate one for each, but showing people like what to expect for, and how long it's going to take and just the, what they'll need to have ready at each phase and really lay that out for them. And then again, and, and sprinkling some emotional language in throughout will be a great way to uh, help people realize why they want to work with you and but compared to some other company, which they don't really know what the experience will be like. Yeah. So again, like improving, increasing the perceived value of working with you and setting expectations will make, improve the client experience. And you don't have to necessarily do anything different than you're already doing, but just lay it out for them. And that'll in, improve people's experience because i'll know what's happening and they'll um kind of know what to expect so i'm so glad you uncovered that because it's interesting when we do work with people we hold their hands a lot and we over communicate and and it sounds like we have some great opportunity to to share that and to really get them to see that before they even pick up the phone or or schedule a a discovery call so thank you yeah because i mean google sets like what uh, the seo algorithm how it works and so you can't go again i can't like wing it and do it your own way and expect the right results so everyone kind of does seo they do it right they do about the same way so it's not really explaining you do seo it isn't the differentiator but it's Mm -hmm. how you help people how you work with people to do the seo right and what the client how the client experiences that service from you is going to be the differentiator because some people say oh we're just Give us the keywords you want. We'll go away for like a month and come back with some like a report and they'll like email it to them and they don't really get like that face to face or that like mm-hmm. uh, the oh like is it over communication? So if you explain that to people, that's where the differentiator is, not in what you do, but it's it's how you do it and how the clients experience what you do. Mm-hmm. That's the people. Oh my gosh, I'd much rather work with Pia because I'm going to know exactly what's going on and she's going to have this uh, this great working relationship compared to some other company where they kind of feel more like a number and they're just going to do what they do, but not really keep you in the loop as well. That's the big, they might still get the same results from each of you, but they're going to enjoy the experience more with you. And that's worth way more than working with the other company. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And then finally, uh, conflict, you got a 4.75. 
I mean, cause people, you, you talk a lot of, and like, again, from the, all the testimonials you have on your website, people talk about what they're struggling with when they uh, came to you. Mm-hmm. And so I think just adding a little bit about what happens if people don't work with you, uh, what's kind of, what are they risking by keeping with the status quo of how they're, what the path they're on and talking, cause you can probably talk about like burnout and, um, Again, overwhelmed overwhelmed and then kind of touching on that again you don't want to go too much but a little bit more on the home page after you kind of show people what you explain what you do to people or how people can what people can gain have a little bit uh, a little like maybe below the fold on the home page like right below when people scroll up saying by the way if you don't what here's what you risk by not going forward with us mm-hmm. and those people give us people a sense of oh man i don't want to i don't want that to happen Okay, what can I do to make sure that doesn't happen? And they'll look at the rest and be more uh, incentivized to take that first step of getting in contact with you or whatever. They make the next step in the process because they they realize well, I don't want to be like burn out and have all these things happen. But again, it's it's a subtle addition. Well, is enough to uh, get the effect you want. You don't want to go overboard with like doom and gloom and freaking people out. But it's a little bit. It can go a long way. Yeah, that's so great. Overall, you got, let's see, like eight and a half, 13, uh, 16, 75. Yeah, like 22 and a half out of 25, which is a great score. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm highly competitive too. So this is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> For our listeners, um, we ha- uh, you offer this story assessment on your website, and I'm going to put that in the show notes, yep. but it's a story assessment. And you can go to um, bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash free story assessment. That's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash free story assessment. And go ahead and fill that out. And then Carl will get the assessment back to you. And I hope you score somewhat high. And if you don't, then there's great opportunities to either um, hire Carl's company or to get some great ideas um, from the assessment. So thank you for that. Yeah, so for, for only thing I recommend for you is to read the the experience economy and work on explaining your client experience. And I'll send you an exercise from there that help you kind of give a sense for where your experience lands. And it's, they have this great little chart about um, with four quadrants and kind of walks you through the process. So oh, that's awesome. I'll email that to you with the the PDF results for your assessment, and then that way you can kind of take it and run with it. And I appreciate and that. Different suggestions based on where people great, uh, land on this on this scale. So that's something that everyone gets with the the free assessment. So I will definitely read the book. I'm a huge reader. Are you, do you read often? Um, oh, yeah. Fiction, yeah, fiction, nonfiction? Uh, well, since like the, when the pandemic started, I realized I wasn't going to be driving around stuck in Bay Area traffic. I was like, I have all this time on my hands. I should do, I should read more and do some more like personal and business development stuff. So I've been, I got a, a Kindle app on my iPad and I read a ton of, uh, at least like a book a month or, or more. So I've, I've been That's filling it up with uh, a lot of books and then the experience economy is, is a great one. And People have other like, if, especially entrepreneurs. If you need to uh, have some suggest, when you want some suggestions for good books to read, I'd be happy to uh, recommend a few. If you reach, out I would love me. that. That would be great, and then we can add it to the show notes. And I do know you've mentioned San Francisco a couple times, so you're located in in downtown San Francisco or outside in the Bay Area. I'm about forty miles east of San Francisco in a city called Livermore. Okay. I'm very so, aware of it. I lived in the Bay Area for 19 years. Went to San Francisco oh. State. Lived in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, but left in 2001, went back a couple times, and traffic is horrendous. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, one thing I've definitely enjoyed when the since like the kind of 
everything happened last year was not having to drive around. I did not miss driving in through like traffic in the Bay Area. It was, I mean, I, I tried to go like going to even like a, at a morning event in San Francisco for like a networking thing. It's like mm-hmm. a half day commitment between getting there and then getting back. So being able to do more stuff on Zoom and remotely has been a, a really handy for for me at least because my business is all remote anyway. So yeah, um, there's been some silver linings to all the uh, the craziness going on, but it, it's it's uh, avoiding the traffic has been really nice because think of it, I think I filled up my tank like four times in the last like 18 months. Yeah, that's months. awesome. Yeah. And then you get mad, right? When they, when they, they start opening up and you're on this, like, where are you people going? Like, <laughs> yeah, and people still drive crazy. Like, did you guys not like, what happened? How did this, oh, wow. <laughs> well, I miss the Bay area. It's, it's awesome. And I thank you so much, Carl. I took notes and I'm going to have to go back and listen to this episode a couple times because there's so many great takeaways. I'm sure audience got some great nuggets and I really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Make Your Marketing podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. And by the way, you can also email me because I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you want to chat about. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.